Hi, everyone, and welcome back to yet another cracking edition of the Matt Brown Show. This is the Secrets of Influence series, where we are talking to business leaders and CEOs all about the power of influence. And this is off the back of my book, Secrets of Influence, which you can now get on Amazon. And with us in the hot seat today is the co-founder and CEO of Lido Labs, and his name is Chris Piku. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Perfect, buddy. So listen, why don't you kick us off? Uh, what uh, Give us the elevator pitch about Lido Labs. What are you guys up to over there? Yeah, so Lido Labs uh, started about 11 years ago, and we first started off with a lead generation organization, and we were helping uh, uh, schools find lead students that wanted to go back to school, increase their education, get better jobs. Um, and then we uh, parlayed into uh, lead generation for uh, for renters that wanted to own homes, and we were uh, identifying people and and helping them to get their credit in a good situation. We were doing all of that kind of stuff from a legion standpoint. And uh, and really about five or six years ago, we decided, uh, I decided, hey, I want to do something in e-commerce. And so I met with my business partners and and we talked about, uh, you know, Conceal Coalition is one of our brands. Um, and and really uh, my business partners at the time were kind of not, not uh, into taking the risk. And so I stepped out and found it Conceal Coalition about a year later, I wrapped it back into Lido Labs. So it's a big part of, uh, of what we're doing at Lido Labs today. Uh, we also own a brand called American Service Pets, which is another e-commerce uh, brand that is uh, pretty big in the B2C space online for people that have pets and have mental health issues. Um, and so we, we just have been growing uh, this family of brands. We own a, an agency called Rogue Rabbit Media where we help other people uh, get their stories out into the world and, and uh, help move their products. Uh, to help more people. And so that's what Lido's been doing. We're just uh, consistently growing and and uh, year over year have uh, done better and better since our inception. Hmm. It sounds to me like um, that influence has played a, an, a critical role in your ability to, to add all these brands, make them mean something uh, in the minds of the cons- customers that you're, that you're trying to reach and that kind of stuff. At least that's what I'm hearing. Is that true? What what role has influence played in your ability to scale Lido Labs to to where it is today? Oh gosh, I mean, I, I love the subject of 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 your series because influence is, in my mind, this very uh, I don't know overused word. Um, you know, we've got a lot of self proclaimed influencers in the world today, and uh, and I guess sometimes their vanity metrics help them. Um, identify themselves as so. But I think influence isn't really influence unless it costs you something. And I can tell you that from an entrepreneurial standpoint, my journey has been filled with failure. It's been filled with uh, a lot of, of grief and pain. And, you know, I've got, uh, you know, uh, marriages that have been left in the dust. I've got all kinds of things that ultimately uh, were the fee for being able to get to a level where um, I actually know something about something. I have a subject, right? And I think a lot of people, um, there's a lot of, we, let's say this, our world is at a place where we're like an all time low from a trust factor standpoint. There is so much manipulation. There is so much in media and and in business, uh, you know, every time you look online, you know, you, you don't know if you can trust something or not. Now AI is coming out. So there's all these deep fakes and all of the stuff that we're facing today that we haven't ever faced at any other point in history. And so when you think about uh, influence, you really have to be able to, I think, really have two things is one, you have to have a subject 
right? And that subject needs to be something that you know, not just uh, in your ego, not just in your persona, not just what you do, but you've got to know it uh, in who you are. You've got to be able to dig deeper and you've got to be able to identify with that um, on the other side. And as an entrepreneur, that's uh, that's a journey that we're always on, right? And then you've also got to have an audience that cares about said subject, right? Um, and you've got to be able to reach that audience. And I think a lot of times, um, you know, in my journey for the last 11 years, really, and before that, because I was in business before that, um, you know, there was just a lot of unlearning that I had to do in order to unearth, I think, uh, the subject of what my influence would be uh, on this planet. And I like to, you know, I think a lot of times we get confused with, like, I, I help people with, you know, American service pets. We help people that have disabilities be able to be with their pet to help them with their emotional disabilities and, and, uh, and disorders. And in Concealed Coalition, we help people uh, that want to get their concealed carry permit because they're afraid for their lives for whatever reason. And they want to be able to be safe uh, in their homes and, and when they are out and about in this crazy world we live in today. Uh, but those are, that's what I do, right? Uh, my influence, I think, really has a lot to do with my story and how I got to where I'm at. And a lot of those things that, uh, you know, are under uh, the surface level of what the world really gets to see um, mm -hmm. when we produce things as entrepreneurs. So I don't know if that, you know, officially answers your question or not, but that's the truth about the way I, I feel about it. There's so much to unpack there, dude. <laughs> There's so much to unpack there, but it does answer my question. I love what you started off uh, by saying is um, influence isn't influence unless it costs you something. Um, and it's that I actually agree with that in many respects, and I hadn't never phrased it quite like that. Um, but if you think about what that means in the context of business leadership, you know, if you're trying to, what is influence firstly, right? You're trying to make a positive difference to someone or an audience, um, and so in that process of making a difference, it has to cost you something. If you think about the Matt Brown show, you know, I've done over 800 episodes now. What do you think that's cost me? A fuckload of time, right? Mm. A lot of time. Yeah. And, I've done, and I've done all of it without wanting anything back. Do you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and so that I can say to you absolutely 100% is you know, bang on is um, it's cost me 800, you know, whatever hours of time or whatever the case might be. Um, and so, but, but because of that cost, it's allowed me to become an influencer. It's allowed me to become a best-selling author. It's allowed me to open up networks that, you know, many people can't get access to. Um, and, and, and so I love, I love that. Um, and so what, what do you, what do you define influence as Chris, if you were to, you know, this is the definition of influence from my perspective. What, what is it? Uh, so I, I feel like there's different levels of influence, right? And um, we certainly have a lot of imposters in the world today that uh, appear to try to be influencers. But I think influence uh, is the output of uh, a life story that has been lived out to its fullest, fullest, right? And so to not be so philosophical and to kind of drill down into that a little bit, it really is about learning to master yourself learning to master uh, this, the teams and the systems that are around you and truly trust. Uh, I think someone can't expect someone to trust uh, you and let you influence them until they understand that you know how to trust. And so I think that a true influencer that's going to make an impact that will be visible in their lifetime 
is going to have to learn how to trust a team, a, a selected group of people that surround them with uh, with the most valuable thing that they have, their their dream or their gift or their subject. Um, and they'll they'll need to be able to then build a community around that by serving people. And so what does influence mean to me? It, it's really it's really the uh, the payment for serving people is influence. In a lot of ways, I think people look at it opposite. Like I want to control people or I want to bring people along a journey that is predefined that, you know, I know the destination, right? At some level, you know, we have those strategies and things we put in place, but I think influence truly is the product of uh, serving people. And that's how we make an impact. And that's how we start a movement, right? Um, influence is the beginning of what can be, you know, a movement, I think. And that's, that's really my definition. Yeah. So much. I agree with you there again, Chris. Uh, this is going to be an ongoing thing, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but uh, I, I use, I've said it before, I, influence is not about elevating oneself. It's about elevating others. Mm. Um, and that's what you're saying. So I'm using different words, of course. And to your point around trust, and I agree with you again, deep fakes, you know, if someone has a million followers, is that, is that the definition, definition of influence? I don't think it is. Um, and it's a pretty shitty form of, of influence, quite frankly. Um, and so ethically, to your point, there's obviously influences, if you imagine it being a coin, there's, there's positive and negative uh, uses for it, especially in politics. It's largely negative, some positive, of course. Um, but then, uh, you know, if you, if you shift into the business world, what I found, Chris, is that a lot of people don't know what influence actually is. And so that's why I wrote the book about it. And this is why I'm doing this uh, show in this series is to get different perspectives on what influence is. And hopefully as a consequence of that, educate uh, entrepreneurs, CEOs, founders, et cetera, about what it actually is. Because I think in many, I think if we can get that job done right, then a lot of business leaders will benefit from that. And equally then the markets they serve will benefit from it. And, and the people that, you know, they work with will benefit from it. Um, and so I'd love to get your thoughts on that. I, I agree. I believe that our ultimate goal as entrepreneurs is to make the planet we live on a better place, to serve people, to bring things into this world that um, are are going to be impactful uh, in a positive way. Like, I think that's the, the ultimate goal of a true entrepreneur. Um, I think that we have to always go back to self. We have to always go back to here in order to truly be able to make an influence as you were mentioning before, you know, I mean, I really love uh, Tim Spiker wrote a book called the only leaders worth following. And he says, there's two things that stand out about all these leaders that they studied uh, in this book. And one was that they were internally sound. And number two was that they're others focused. And so the truth about an influential leader or an influential founder or CEO or entrepreneur or just person, right? At the end of the day, it's really about knowing who you are. Uh, now, and it's not always defined by what you do. I said that earlier, but it, it really, it really means a lot to me is that I've always defined myself at, in early lives and in, in early, early life in business, always define myself by what I do. And I think that uh, defining yourself by who you are, getting in touch with that person in psychology, they call it the observing self to be able to step outside of what you do on a day to day and look at your life and be able to direct yourself. Right. So many times we get caught up in like being actors in somebody else's show. Mm -hmm. uh, society is never short to give us uh, a script 
to to read, right? Or uh, a, you know, a, a scene to act in. But and we get so caught up in that, we never pull ourselves out of the the mix, and then step back and look at what script am I reading? What what am I what am I doing right now? Like what's going on? Like and and because we don't do that, we have to honest with you. I believe that an influencer in development is someone who knows how to put time aside for themselves in order to script their life, direct their life and produce their life. And then I think the very last thing that a lot of people leave it right there and they have a really good life and they'll be very happy, but then they don't promote that thing that is in them that they're supposed to be bringing into the world. So it's not just about those things. It's also about putting yourself out there and promoting the things that you believe are things that you were born to promote, like you were born to do that, that thing that you're born to bring into the world, you've got to be able to get behind it and push it. And so um, I I'm hundred percent with you. I believe it, it really all starts inside the heart of the individual. Um, and we go from there. Yeah. It's a lot. Of, it's also a lot about questions, right? I mean, if you think about it, like what are my unique gifts? What acts should I take? You know, how should I produce my life? What contribution do I want to, to make? And I remember um, I wrote in my first book, <laughs> my dad basically ruined my life for, for pretty much 20 years. <laughs> Cause he said to me, Matthew, you know, uh, there's a whole preamble for this, but I don't want to, I don't want to waste time on it but basically I've, i did something really naughty and i thought i was going to get like a proper hiding my dad was very physical with me uh, so i was shitting myself you know and he came back from church and he said to me uh, you know sit down on the bed and i was like god is he gonna smack the shit out of me because <laughs> that was usually the mo and he said to me uh, you know one he said one day you know god's gonna ask you what the the meaning of your life was and so it's very important to have you know to know what your purpose is and so i spent pretty much that from that day up until i was about 30 trying to figure out, well, what's my purpose? And then I realized very quickly that you, it's not a set of car keys. You don't find purpose, you create it. And mm. so you, in other words, it, one's passive, one's active, you know, one's reactive, one's proactive. And this is what you're saying. I'm hearing also in that, you know, you have to, you have to create what that gift is, you know, and, and I suppose, and, you know, try something. And if you fail at that, um, then shift left or shift right. But you, you have to continuously look to create meaning and purpose and contribution to, uh, you know, society, to your family, you know, whatever that is to you as a, as a business owner or CEO. Yeah. It, it just boiling down the life that you live in a way that you can kind of, uh, I don't know, see how you're supposed to organize it. Right. Like I, I was, uh, I was involved in ministry. I was an ordained minister until I was 26 and then I moved into business in the business world. And so I had a lot of opportunity, uh, to, you know, influence kids and teenagers all over the world, did a bunch of uh, missions work and stuff like that. Um, and I think there's a lot of similarities in that as there is in rest of our lives, right? Like at some level, we all have these human, like needs and, and these things, these emotional needs. And I think uh, just like, I think, you know, the church in many cases meets the needs of, of people in a very unique way. Uh, I think businesses and business owners and business leaders have the responsibility and the ability to articulate what it is that life has taught us, right? Through our failures, through our journey, and to be able to contribute uh, to people in a very unique way. And so I know this is about influence, but I believe that contribution is uh, the prerequisite, 
right, to influence and being able to make that con contribution. And whatever level you're able to make that contribution on, I think often determines the level of your influence. Mm -hmm. I, I think I think a lot of people, though, get confused sometimes uh, with the difference between the influence that you get from money and power versus the influence that you get because there's this thing that's happened in you. I think money is like the scoreboard in a lot of ways, right? And that's the only thing people pay attention of, pay attention to. I'm a big football fan and and I like to drag people to football games and such. And uh, and so the only thing they know about the game uh, is typically the score and when to jump up and run and, and shout and that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, I think that all of the details matter that are happening. That's how that scoreboard ends up you know, being what it is because of all the work that gets put in uh, before people show up. Right. And so the work that the entrepreneur, that the business leader does on themselves on a consistent and regular basis gives that person the power to contribute something of value to society, to the people that are around them. And I think in turn, the bigger that becomes, the bigger that influence becomes and the more it can make an impact. So what does that work look like from your perspective? You know, if you, if a business leader was listening to us right now and they were like, yo, I need, I want more influence in my, in my personal life, my business life uh, and what have you. Um, where does one start on that journey? Cause you know, to the point around my dad asking me, you know, questions around purpose, it was like, it's, it's a head fuck. Um, <laughs> and so what, what have you specifically learned about figuring out where to start on your influence journey? Yeah, I I just needed to develop a relationship with myself. And I think I had been so concerned about doing things that looked good for other people and that served other people. And I was, but I really didn't, I, I was not internally sound, right? I wasn't in touch with myself. Um, and I know that sounds real spooky and stuff, but the truth is it really is just about uh, stepping out of your own mind and saying, what do I want? Right. Like I'm in this rat race of doing all this stuff. And yeah, I've got a good, good score on the scoreboard. Right. I got money in my bank. I get, you know, my shit looks like it's together. Right. But at the end of the day, like I just don't feel like I'm making a contribution. And I think that that our innate need as human beings to have meaning in our life requires us to make contributions. And so the deepest need that we have isn't getting met. And so that's why a lot of times CEOs, you know, they're running around, they look like they're having a great life, right? But at the end of the day, there's stuff going on underneath the surface. And I dealt with that for many, many years in my life and just trying to grow big businesses and trying to raise, uh, you know, raise a score, right? Uh, but I, I feel like, you know, the first thing that, it, uh, in, you know, an entrepreneur, entrepreneur or a founder or CEO or a person needs to do is they need to be able to wake up in the morning, jump into a routine that allows them to, you know, get their head straight. Right. And it looks different for a lot of different people. If you are religious, it may look one way. If you're uh, not religious, it may look like something else. But at the end of the day, you just need to be able to get along with yourself and you need to be able to get your mind right. And you need to be able to set your path for the day. Uh, by letting go of all of the anxiety and all the other things that, uh, you know, I think usually plague people in the society that we, that we're, we're in, there's always going to be negative things happening to you. There's always going to be pressure on you. Uh, but you've got to escape that at some point on a regular basis, you've got to get it out of your mind, uh, or it will then be the, the resistance that controls you and brings you in, uh, the wrong direction. So I don't, you know, I think I think that's the first thing. Understand. I would also say read psychology books 
that help you understand the way that you are designed, the way that you work, so that you can begin to uh, take advantage of the mechanics of your brain and how your brain learns and how your when and how your brain uh, uh, how emotion sometimes when you get in a fight flight freeze mode how emotion sometimes makes you dumb right there's lots of things that you need to be able to control yourself before you ever control anything else right like in a in a real way uh, in an impactful way so I think that's the first thing I would say is just get to know yourself have a relationship with yourself. Um, it's critical. It takes time. But I think the lie that we tell ourselves as business leaders all the time is that we don't have time. And we, we go through our whole life telling each other, we got to hurry, we got to hurry, we got to hurry, we got to get to the top, we got to do this, we got to do that. But we actually do have time. And I think we need to tell ourselves that so that we can take the, the, you know, the more consistent, long, uh, more rewarding road uh, to uh, impact right? and to influence. Yeah, one thing that's come up on the show uh, a lot, Chris, is this idea of imposter syndrome. You know, so I, I also feel that you know if I um, if I put out like a thought leadership video, like I'm more worried about that than I am what about what I say on this podcast. You know what I mean? It's a weird thing. You change the context for the channel. I'm like, I freak the fuck out about oh, I'm going to get judged on LinkedIn. But on this show, I don't care. It's weird. Um, <laughs> But, um, you know, but to your point, you mentioned right up front in the show, there was this idea of like unlearning. And uh, so there's a saying that goes like this. It's like the smart man learns something every day. The wise man unlearns something every day. Mm. And I think you have to continually, I believe, actually unlearn all the shit like <laughs> that you yeah. learned, you know, way back when um, so that you can start to get to a deeper sense of truth. Because if you don't know what that North Star is for you, and I've got a, an academy called Secrets of Influence dot com, and I talk about this idea of the North Star. What's your North Star? What are you? Where are you going? Um, and then once you figure that out, then you can start to think about things like you know thought leadership platforms and how, how to communicate. What do you want to say? Where do you want to say it? And 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 and. and. Uh, but if you don't know what that North Star is, it's a really um, difficult thing to. I think a lot of people just struggle with being thought leaders at all. Do you know what I mean? Because they don't start with, and they because they get into this pattern of it's like the eight, you know, fear and doubt, and fear and doubt, and it just you know, they get stuck. Um, curious though to ask you, Chris, what do you do around thought leadership? Uh, obviously, you kind of got your shit figured out for yourself, uh, but in terms of thought leadership, getting your message out there, you know, the contribution to society that you want to make, how do you approach thought leadership personally? Yeah, that's a that is a great question, and I think that is the point in my journey. Um, it's it's quite frankly one of the reasons I I, mean, I get emails every day, tons of them, right? And you send me an email, and I'm like, it's one of the reasons that I'm on this call is because I'm in that place in my life where it's time for me to promote uh, the, the things that I've learned in life, and right to bring those things out uh, into public. And so you can look at my LinkedIn, and you can see I've been. I've been the, the hidden entrepreneur, right? We've got, you know, a multi-million dollar company, done lots and lots and lots of stuff in business, but have always, you know, haven't hardly gone to conferences, right? Or spoke like any of that kind of stuff, right? But what I believe is that all of that, I've been in the kitchen, right? And all of that stuff has been getting prepared inside of me. And I didn't want to come out of the gate with a bunch of stuff that I read and regurgitated somewhere else, right? I believe that in, um, 
you know, in, in business um, and in, in business leadership, like most entrepreneurs are like, uh, you know, driving a stick shift. They're in first gear. They're going 100 miles an hour and things are burning. I mean, that's the way I live my life. Um, I've learned over the last uh, 10 years, really, but uh, significantly over the last five years, how to navigate between the gears of uh, entrepreneurship and how to navigate uh, between the gears of business leadership. And so I don't think that until you understand that art, you can really bring anything of meaning to the public that is not already out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think it's about, I think it's about pulling something unique out of yourself and that takes time. And so what do I think about thought leadership? Um, I think that most thought, thought leadership is a dime a dozen. Um, but I, but I believe that everybody has an audience. So what you have to say, right. It might not strike everybody and you might have, you know, the people that don't follow you or whatever, um, you know, somebody else might say something slightly different and then all of a sudden it, you know, it strikes, uh, you know, a chord inside of that person. So we all have to sift through the masses to find the audience that we were born to lead. And I think that it's important for leaders you know, when it comes to a thought leadership standpoint, not to let that imposter syndrome rise up because ultimately, hey, most of the people out there, you're not born to lead. Right. And so you got to get through all you just your goal is just find the people that you're supposed to be talking to. Right. Mm-hmm. Find the people that are connected to you that want to listen. And it's not your job to pick them like they're going to pick you. You just keep contributing. You just keep giving. You just keep bringing value to the table. And watch and see what happens. And so when it comes to thought leadership, I think, you know, I, I've, I've always said first gear is the entrepreneur figuring himself out. Second gear is uh, understanding what team is and how to give it away. Right. Third gear is about systems and processes and measurements and making sure there's strategy and all of that kind of stuff in play. And really, if you get through all of that, you get to community, which is about it's about expanding right beyond just your your customer base and creating, um, I think more of a membership feel and, and more of a inclusive feel where people want to be a part. It becomes that level of you're reaching out and now all of a sudden people begin to reach in. And that's when you can strike the moment of influence. And that's when thought leadership really matters because you, you know, you've been able, you've been able to create this audience and this desire for people that, you know, they want to, you know, they want to hear from you, uh, because they connect with your message, right. And, uh, because it comes from here. That's the, I think that's the real thing, right? Is just making sure. So if I'm going to, if I'm going to do a LinkedIn post or I'm going to do anything or put myself out there, it usually comes on days or mornings or whatever, right after I get out of like a, a session where I'm just trying to figure out my shit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, because I'll write, I'll journal and, I'll, and then I'm damn, that's really good. Like I should be able like, and, but it comes from here. Right. So I think that's the best stuff that we got, right? It's not, uh, you know, 10 ways to do this and seven, like, okay, there's lots of room for that. But anyway. Yeah, Chris, Phil, I could literally talk to you for days, brother. <laughs> and that four-step thing I really like, like the first gear, second gear, sounds like that's the genesis for a book of some kind. That, I'm working on it, man, so don't steal it. no ways brother i'm gonna help you make it that's what i'm gonna do um all right cool uh listen chris uh thanks so much for coming on the show dude i really appreciate your perspective probably one of the better episodes uh so far in the series uh so thank you and i just really dig what you're doing man uh and your message and 
just the way that you really understand who you are and the influence that you're making in the world. So that's uh, all credit to you. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. Everybody else, uh, we'll see you all again soon. Ciao for now.